Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. At ViStar, we believe in better. Our members now have access to more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. And now, from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And he is a lap away from the checkered flag in the Daytona 500. The voice of NASCAR. Austin Dillon wins the 60th running of the Great American Race. Daytona Motor Miles with Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly. No, we're together again. How about that? <clears throat> together. Did you again? miss me? Yeah. Nah. nah. Kidding. Yeah. What it was uh, two weeks ago? I was gone. Last week you were gone, and uh, Zach Dean uh, happily filled in both times. Yeah. So now the motor mouse are uh, are whole again. <laughs> and uh, Ken Willis, Goblin Kelly, we're uh, we had a week the week off of automobile racing. But uh, this week, they come back in a, in loud form at Talladega. We're going to talk about what to expect by the first plate race. It ain't a plate race. Uh, we'll explain that, too. First time since 87, I guess, that they haven't had restrictor plates on the cars. But we'll we'll get into all that, what to expect, what not to expect. Uh, we got a little business to talk, got to talk, uh, talk business uh, about Speedway Motorsports and something called Sonic, uh, Sonic, Sonic Burgers. Sonic. There's some business going on back there, and we'll talk a little. That just happened today, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Chase Elliott hates teamwork. What? You heard me. He hates teamwork. I'll explain. Uh, Gen, Gen 7 invades the all-star race. That's written down right here, so i got to figure out what that means. Uh, we'll talk about uh, NASCAR goes to school at Gateway Tech. That's a tease, too. And, of course, we played a birthday game, and Goblin will leave us with a uh, great joke. And uh, we'll do all that and more right after this. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Already? Yeah, we're back. Uh, Goblin, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yes. All right. Since 88 at Daytona and Talladega, NASCAR has been slapping restrictor plates on underneath the hoods of these race cars to restrict airflow and therefore restrict horsepower. And what it has done at those two tracks over time, it equalized the field in a way that where you got a big two by two, three by three freight train rolling around forever, and eventually you got the big one. And a bunch of cars pile themselves up, and uh, 
It has, uh, while it has destroyed the whatever integrity there may have been in terms of competition by equalizing the field. So smart. Uh, Yeah, he sounded smart right now. Um, What it has done along with that is uh, created an atmosphere where one little bobble turns into, you know, 20 cars piled up and everybody's spending a lot of money. Uh, They have now replaced the restrictor plate with something called. The tapered spacer. Tapered spacer. And I have not had my – I'm at an age where I should have had my spacer tapered by now. Yeah. But I keep putting it off, and uh, among other things. Yeah. And everybody is uh, telling me that you're going to be sorry if you yep. don't get your spacer tapered. You, you, you need I'm to do, do that. that. Yes. You need I'm to do, do that. that. I've been telling you for years. I know. So I'm going to do that soon. Meanwhile – uh, they're tapering spacers as we speak, getting ready for Talladega. What do you expect it to look like compared to what we've seen from plate racing over the last decade or so? Smart guy. <laughs> well, I you know NASCAR, those people over there, they're mm-hmm. not they're not stupid. They're not dumb. I've heard people call them stupid before. Well, yeah. Anger. They're just angry. Yeah, just Just angry old man. Or hangry. Yeah. You know, like Jack Dean. Yeah, he would say it. Yeah. Tony Stewart say it before, too. That's stupid. Just stupid. But, um, so anyway, the plates are gone. Plates are history. I wonder where they did with them all. I wish, you know, I'm pretty sure some of them are going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I would sure like to have one just... Yeah. To have one. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. Maybe they'll auction them off or something. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so the uh, tapered spacers are the same thing as a restrictor plate. It's just a different configuration. They just go about it differently. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think you're going to see pretty much the same show that we've seen at Talladega. I don't White know. knuckle time still. Right? Yeah. Now, there may be a little bit more separation in the pack. Yeah. Um, because if you lose that draft for any reason, you know, if you burp or yep. sneeze or whatever and just drop your cigarette between yeah, the seats. You know, yeah. Then you're going to lose. Cell phone. Start tech. You have to send an important text. Yeah, you're going to lose that draft, yep. and then that's going to create, you know, there's going to be a lead pack, a middle pack, and a oh, way a pack back, racing. Way back pack. A backpack. Yeah, a backpack. Cool. So, Will there uh, be a fanny pack? Or that's fanny pack is back there with the from 35th place on. Yeah. yeah. Or it could. I'm going to copyright that term, by the way. <laughs> or it could. See, we don't know. We, we don't know. We don't because it's never happened. We haven't done this. So yet. we don't know what we don't know is and, what they and, say. And so that's I'm thinking based on uh, what the tapered spacers have done on intermediate tracks. Which is not what we were told that was going to happen right. so far, but anyway. So that might, I mean, it could create a, a super pack. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> cool. We're going to have to bring in the Federal Elections Commission. <laughs> but we we don't know. I, I'm, I don't think you're going to see much difference. Okay. Well, one thing about it, we'll see. Yeah. Unless it rains. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we'll eventually see. Yeah, so I just I, hope they got that tunnel finished up there, that new tunnel well, in Talladega. Supposedly, they had be it hell done. if they have to come off turn two or whatever it is, and they and there's a detour, and they got to go out by the you know through the parking lot and reroute the 
That would that would slow the cars down. That would. Yeah. You Maybe. could take the plates and the spacers off altogether. They'd have to put a chicane back there or something. I'm all for it. Yeah. That was one of the things they used to talk about. The people who hated the restrictor plates at Daytona, they said, just make us run through the chicane. Then we have to slow down, and that'll scrub all that extra speed off that they're afraid of. Yeah, exactly. All right, you want to talk business? Well, it's not my forte, Mr. Willis. I will just read from the uh, story. Can I use your reading voice? Uh, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated (laughs) has received a non-binding offer from Sonic Financial Corp., a company owned by Bruton Smith and his family, to acquire all outstanding shares of Speedway Motorsports common stock. What does that mean? I'll tell you what that means. The Bruton Smith family, like the France family, uh, France family uh, runs uh, International Speedway Corporation that owns and operates 11 tracks that are host to like 18 or 19 cup races. Anyway, uh, they're trying to buy back all the shares of International Speedway Corp. And uh, that way they can take it private, which if you take a company private as opposed to it being publicly traded, there's a lot of stuff you can do that you can't do when you're under watch of uh, – of the, uh, the the public eye and uh, your your shareholders. Now, Bruton Smith's family is trying to do the same thing with the tracks that it owns. Eight tracks. SMI operates eight tracks. Back to reading. That host races in NASCAR's Monster Energy Cup Series. Those tracks: Charlotte, Las Vegas, Texas, Bristol, Sonoma, Kentucky, Atlanta, and New Hampshire. That's an eight-pack right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the move is similar to one announced last fall by NASCAR, which at the time made a non-binding offer. He's referring to NASCAR, to ISC as NASCAR. Same family runs both, so natural. Uh, the move is similar to one announced last fall by NASCAR, which at the time made a non-binding offer to acquire outstanding shares of International Speedway Corp. in an effort to take that company private. Now, when they say outstanding shares... They mean those that are out there standing. <laughs> Not necessarily outstanding in the way we say outstanding. Well, in in the case of ISC, yep. and don't hold me to you know, don't hold you. Don't don't hold me to like being exactly right. Yeah. But I believe the family owns. I'm going to round it off. I believe the family is in control. Let me put this on me. I want. I want the ah. Oh. So I believe the France family owns about 70% of ISC. Yeah. So really all they're trying to do is buy back 30% of the shares. Yeah. And one and and I've been hearing the price has been fluctuating between 47 and 52 somewhere in there. And you know, it's got to go through, it's got to be approved. Yep. There are the, obstacles. By the SEC, is that right? I think so. Yeah. So, An independent board. You don't just have to get the board of directors of SMI and ISC to approve. Right. Because if that's all you needed, it's a done deal because the Smith family uh, controls the majority of that, their board and the France family controls the majority of their board. Right. But, no, you have to you have to go you got to deal with them pesky uh, <laughs> independent people, you know. you got to get some outside. Them feds. you yeah, got to go to the feds. The revenuers. <laughs> yeah. NASCAR, so, the guy's been but, fighting the revenuers forever. So what, you know, this kind of sends up a, I'm not going to say a red flag because it's not dangerous. About a smoke signal. A smoke signal that maybe with the Smith family, uh, 
you know, I'm listening. Wanting to turn their shares all into family shares, private, like you said. Yeah. I'm wondering if this consolidation is all tied to the all future tie, NASCAR. All tied together, yeah. yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. And, and it's also part of the uh, situation where the 2021 schedule is going to look a whole lot different. And if they can consolidate private ownership of all the tracks, they can do whatever they want and they don't have to answer to anybody. So there's a lot of things they want to do. And, they, and if they don't have shareholders to answer to it makes life a lot easier oh my gosh yeah, sure. that's why i got rid of mine a long time ago my, <laughs> my shareholders uh, well Willis all right you done talking are we done talking business well there's uh we got a lot of other stuff but we can move on well yeah yeah i've got one thing that's not on the written okay. schedule we'll talk but, about it on our break yeah so anyway uh say goodbye to our facebook live people goodbye it's been fun uh, don't push it <laughs> Uh, for the rest of the podcast, go to DaytonaMotorMouse.com. We have our own .com, Willis. So important. Uh, not, not everybody can say that. Nope. We have our everybody own. could say that if they wanted to <laughs> have their own. It's not, you, know, you don't have to go to school for it. <laughs> All right. So catch the rest of the podcast on DaytonaMotorMouse.com. We'll see you next week. All right. The rest of us will be right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back with you'll get that big time auto racing, and one of the things you'll get is uh, complaining. You ever notice that? Uh, no, I yeah. didn't think anybody ever complained about anything. Chase Elliott didn't like what he saw last fall at Talladega. Doesn't like what he saw at Daytona. What he doesn't appear to like is the teams with under certain manufacturer umbrellas getting together and banding together and working as a franchise against the other franchises and and he's not crazy about that and uh he said i'll get your thoughts on this after i tell you what he said (laughs) what he said i'm probably the wrong person to ask on this but the way the manufacturers and everybody have really changed the game of plate racing i'm not really sure what the right answer is on it i don't really like what it's done to the racing personally but it is what it is. Hey, there it is. And everybody is being true to what matters, I guess, in their camps. And that's kind of the position that we're all put in, unfortunately. I don't think that's the way everybody wants to be. It's certainly not the way I want to be. But that's the position we're put in now. The manufacturer is basically saying, you guys all work together. We're paying your bills. So, right. yeah, don't, you know, don't just because you're a Stuart Haas team, you know, don't act like you can't race with, you know, another team that shares your manufacturer right and whatever you do don't help somebody from one of the other manufacturing camps right so that that does sort of cramp cramp the style a little bit i would think on on the big plate tracks but and what happened might have said what happened in the 500 i know denny hamlin won and <laughs> and the fords yeah, dominated the fords yeah were dominant up until then yeah because they had their flying wedge going yeah, pretty good yeah but 
you know, at, when you get to the last 10 laps or whatever, and that's what happened in the 500. Yeah. We got to, like, lap 190, and then all hell was breaking loose, mm-hmm. you know, because people are trying to jockey for position. And I think in the end, you had Denny Hamlin and a Ford and a and a, a Chevrolet and another. Well, team. you had that spat, too, of Michael yeah. McDowell saying, I'm not paid to help you win. Yeah. And I'm drawing a blank on who it was right now. Yeah. Who got? Oh, Joey Logano, right? Yes. Yeah, Logano thought McDowell should have gone with him, and McDowell says, I'm not trying to I'm, – I'm not here to – win this race you know i'm not i'm not henry ford and i'm not joey logano i'm trying to yeah <laughs> i'm trying to win the race for michael mcdowell so, so that shows that they are like-minded people with chase elliott no. so chase elliott should hook up with michael mcdowell sunday in Teledega. yeah they should yeah. do like the independent do the independent drafting there you go anybody that wants to join in bring back the tandem draft <laughs> Two by two by two. You know, the PGA Tour this week is having its annual uh, uh, tournament in New Orleans. Shoot, I'm drawing a blank on the name where where it's a two-man team event. So what a time to bring back tandem drafting. No? Um, uh, uh, That was – That got Trevor Bain at Daytona 500. Yeah, but that was just so horrible. You have to admit – you know, it was, oh, it was odd. It assaulted the senses, basically. Yeah, because you, yeah. you have two cars racing against two cars racing against two cars. Yeah, and David Reagan should have won, but he jumped the gun. I remember that. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, interject here. Yeah, my, what you got? Uh, my one line of uh, budget. Um, you remember the uh, Chicago song? 24, 6 to 1? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So I got me thinking. I heard that song today, and it got me thinking about NASCAR. And I came up with a with another. Yeah, it's all coming to me now. Yeah. So twenty. What is it? Twenty. I don't know. So anyway, my my combination is. Thirty-six, eighteen, nine. Are these car numbers? No. So thirty-six races. Thirty-six races. Eighteen. Eighteen is the halfway point. Yeah. Nine is the halfway halfway point. point. Yep. That's where we're at. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most convoluted roundabout way. But, but anyway, that's what you're interjecting. So what, what I'm getting at is, uh, if you look back in history, in the history of NASCAR, at this point, you've got the guys that are like in the top ten are pretty much going to stay in the top ten from here on out. I agree with that. Yeah. So the top ten, like that, ran on the NASCAR this week page. The Ken Willis top ten. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the guys that are going to be the most prominent when we get to, uh, you know, into the playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. Yeah. So they've already the 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 people to watch for the for the championship. Yeah. It's pretty much been decided based on the first nine races. With a couple of exceptions. Yeah. I don't think there's, Chase is in the top ten. There's And he might get his act. They might he, get their he, act together. He is tenth. Oh, yes? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, by God. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. but but frankly, I mean, not to throw cold water on your uh, speculation right there, but we could almost have picked those ten out before the season started. Well, but there's some guys that you might have had in there that aren't up there. And, and if that's the case, vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously the Gibbs-Penske thing is not going to – Continue, you know, for much longer, you know, because the other is that on here. They no. have to. So that that's you know they've won all the races today. That's not going to continue. That's, that's a bold statement. That's what we are around here. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Daytona Motor Mouse, Ken Willis, Goblin Kelly. We're uh, winding down. Green, white checkers. Green, green, green. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, real quick, the Gen 7 car, which is coming in 2021. Uh, as they are wont to do, NASCAR will incorporate uh, some of those changes per- that will be made to the future cars are going to be tested at the All-Star Race this year. And this is what makes people's heads spin, I think, a little bit. Uh, most, uh, you know, they announced a annual tweaking to the format of the all-star race, which is in mid-May. Right. Uh, the, also the, the cars will feature two key technical elements that may be incorporated, may be incorporated into the Gen 7 car slated the debut in 21. Current manufacturers, Toyota, Chevy, Ford, have been in discussions with NASCAR to help inform the direction of regulations. And the series has consulted manufacturers outside of NASCAR. This is the important part of the story. I got you. Out, manufacturers currently not in NASCAR in a bid to attract more car makers. R- uh, road relevance and controlled costs are two of the targets for the next generation car. So what they're doing is they are uh, the first change single piece carbon fiber splitter slash pan that should offer dramatic improvements in ride height sensitivity for the drivers. I'm sensitive about my ride. <laughs> This technical component will provide a more stable aero platform and create more consistent performance in traffic. Second component consists of the car being configured with a radiator duct, not a duct, but a duct, which exits through the hood. Now, if you had a duct through your hood, that would be entirely different. So yeah. that, one, that would not be aerodynamically feasible or opportune or uh, or smart. Quack. Right, right. <laughs> the, see, the bill is not shaped in a way that would dispel the air disperse the air properly so it's a duct with a t that will exit through the hood as opposed to the current design which exits into the engine compartment right so now they're going to be cooling the cars a little bit better it should improve uh, improve aerodynamic parity and at the same time reduce engine temperatures and presumably reduce cost these things are being done on two on parallel or maybe three parallel streets where uh, they're trying to lure, say, Dodge or who knows, Kia, Nissan, whoever. They're trying to lure these other manufacturers in, but they got to make it economically viable where you're not just shoveling coal onto the fire in terms of money right? constantly. They need to have some sort of uh, 
And these are two moves uh, partly designed for that, partly designed to help the product on the track. But that's always a moving target. Oh, and, God, yeah. Yes, and when you fix one thing, half the drivers like it, half don't. So but anyway. I, I think the point uh, that you made about uh, attracting new blood as far as yeah. manufacturers, I think that's a major major factor sure. here yeah that's because, probably the overriding factor because uh the the horsepower of the unrestricted engine yeah is like over 800 and there aren't many there aren't many car companies out here that make engines that produce that much power so with the tapered spacers now see how we've gone yep. full circle i like this with the tapered spacers, mm-hmm. we're down to 550 as far as horsepower. I can handle that. And I can build that. If you go and start looking at different manufacturers, that's kind of where they're at as far as their their passenger car engine. You know, like that's the math. I knew I was on to something. Yeah. And you just explained to me how smart I am. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are really extraordinarily. You know anybody that ever went to Gateway Tech? Basketball scholarship, swimming. I, I sure didn't. No. Well, there, I don't think there is such a thing. <laughs> but there is a gateway. Uh, there is a gateway motorsports park in Madison, Illinois. Yeah. No gateway speedway. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, they host uh, IndyCar. They do a NASCAR truck race. Um, let me see what else they, they race there. IndyCar, NASCAR trucks, NHRA. Uh, they get a new name. And a promise to be a proving ground for tech innovations aimed at enhancing the fan experience. See, now, uh, Gateway is not owned by Bruton Smith's family or the France family. So, But it is going to be a little playground, I think, for everybody within the industry to try to uh, tinker and try to find a way to uh, lure young fans to, to the speedways. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's going to be renamed Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. Um, blah blah blah. Saint, suburban St. Louis, worldwide tech. Blah, da, 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 da. Uh, so it envisions using the partnership to develop innovative experiences for fans to be able quote to be able to plat- create a platform that's innovative and different that incorporates technology you couldn't incorporate before, and it's that's an interesting and unique opportunity. One example suggested finding a way to be able to allow fans at a race to see up close what happens during a pit stop. Quote, if you could not go down to the pits, but you could put on some goggles and be able to experience that, like you're actually there, guess what? That enhances the fan experience dramatically, Uh, says David Stewart, who is a founder and chairman of Worldwide Technology. Um, uh, Maybe have something hovering over the stadium to improve connectivity, you know, because there's nothing worse than being somewhere and not being able to get online. It's okay. the worst. So this is a place where they can start tinkering with these things at, at, through this partnership and maybe stumble upon something that could be used worldwide, or at least in Darlington. <laughs> or whatever, you know? <laughs> worldwide in parts of Darlington. Uh, here's, and here's the other – see, that's interesting to me because they're, that, they've got a place where they can do this and right. they can use it. And, uh, and, they're, and this track is untethered you know, to any of the corporations, and so they can play around a little bit. Here's what's also interesting in the final paragraph. Uh, I think this was from motorsport.com. Ben Kennedy, NASCAR's managing director of racing operations and international development, 
who's also, by the way, the third generation, part of the third generation of the France family. His dad, uh, his mother is Lisa France Kennedy, uh, whose, uh, whose dad was Bill France Jr., whose father was Bill France Sr., which means Ben Kennedy is the fourth generation of France family leadership. And he was a truck series racer until last year, until they put, they kicked him into the front office. Uh, he said, Ben Kennedy says the stock car series aims, quote, more and more each and every day to the, to be more of a technology-driven sport and to have partners like Worldwide Technology involved adds more credibility to that point. So two things. One, they're tinkering around trying to stumble on something that will uh, make it more interesting to be at races. Right. And two, more and more... We're going to be seeing the name Ben Kennedy in NASCAR stories because I don't think Jim France wants to be in charge forever. No. And uh, and Ben is on the fast track. See what I did there? Yeah. He's on the fast track to the corner office. He's still young. What would you put him at? About 27? Yeah, he's 26, 27. He's take? A, yeah, I have a son that's approximately the same age. And Funny we're debating that right yeah. now because you know what time it is? What time is it? Time to play the birthday game. All right. That's how we close this thing out every week with uh, Goblin Kelly showing his brilliance at guessing the age of people within the automobile racing universe. I've got my ciphering tool right here. As we sit here on a, doing this, putting this pod together on a Wednesday, <laughs> it happens to be the birthday of Hermes Sadler. <laughs> Today, Hermes Sadler. Hermes. Yes. Not, not For Ellie. what purpose does the junior senator from Virginia rise? <laughs> We're talking about Hermie. We're talking about Hermie. Hermie Sadler, yeah. All right, so... Uh, he did a lot of bush racing in his day. So... As did Elliot the, the, the Elliot boy is uh, 42. Hermie's older, so I'd have to say 46. Wow, you're way off for you. Really? Hermie. Hermie is 50 today. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that means, that means uh, Elliot's older. All right, Thursday, tomorrow, Alex Bowman. You're going to nail this one. Showman Bowman. Bowman the Showman. You're going to nail this one. Alex. 26. Not so great. 26. What would be nice for his 26th birthday? What? A first top 10 finish for 2019. Yeah. He would like that. He is not off to a, he's off to a flying stop, as they say. <laughs> uh, Saturday, we've talked about this guy, I think, earlier, or at least we talked about the Daytona 500. Austin Dillon. 2018 Daytona 500 champion. Yeah. Austin Dillon. He has a brother, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. His birthday is Saturday. How old will he be? He's the older brother. What doobie you be? He's the older brother. 30. You did all right. 29. I'll all give right. you that one. Okay. Right. Now, next Tuesday, Mikey Waltrip. Mikey? Mikey. Okay, Next I, Tuesday. I can, oh, I, can actually, time. I can actually cipher this. Ciphering I can time. cipher this, I huh? swear to God. <laughs> All right, so you take the Doing math. carry that. Carry the knot. You, you, no, 56. The Way to go. Yeah. I, that's almost like cheating, but not really. Well, see, I knew Daryl was 72, and I knew there was a 16-year difference between oh, them. Oh, good job. Yeah. Good so job. I actually did cipher and that out. And you could out. not subtract 16 from 72 in your head. No. I That's couldn't. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I got that to look forward to in several years. I'm going to say a few years. Uh, here we go. Also next Tuesday, birthday with Mikey Waltrip, the aforementioned Elliot Sadler. Elliot Sadler. Elliot Sadler. Oh, man. I bet they got their birthday parties combined a lot when they were young. All right. So... 
Hermie was what? He, he's 50 today. He's 50. Hermie. So that puts Elliot. Elliot. 45? 44. Good job. Okay. One more. One more birthday. We're going we're gonna to slip outside the NASCAR world, but stay within the stock car racing empire. Wow. Uncle Jed's birthday is next Tuesday. Frank Kimmel. Frank Kimmel. Frank Kimmel. 65. Uncle Jed. See, I fooled, I fooled you. See, he's one of these guys. His hair was white forever, like yeah. Sparky Anderson. Yeah. And somebody else in this room, practically. Yeah. Uh, he's only going to be 56. Oh, my God. Yeah, but he's looked 56 since he was six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But until you get right up on him, get right up on him. What are we talking about? <laughs> until you get right up close to him. <laughs> and you go, well, no, it's just his hair. He doesn't look that old, just got the white hair. Listen to my story about a man named Jed. I swear he did look like Uncle Jed back at, when it first started turning white. Yeah. And he had a little mix in there. Had a lot of Uncle Jed in him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So anyway, what you got? We're going to close out with a book of... Well, uh, we got the dad jokes, bad jokes and puns inspired by dads. Yep. And uh, every week, I at random, pick a joke. Okay. I guess you could say randomly. Or at random, yes, I got gotcha. you. All right. So we go to page 86, and it's joke 155. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. What does a sick cow... Where, excuse me. Where does a sick... That changes everything. Where does a sick cow go if he needs some medicine? Where does a sick cow go when he needs some medicine? You got me. I'm really trying to... Some of these you should be able to think of the answer to, but I can't think of it. <laughs> That's why they're dad jokes. Yeah. I'm to, a dad. You ready? Yeah. To the pharmacy. Oh, oh, oh with an F. Yeah. See? You get it? Yeah, F. Pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, we got good. another one. Oh. Another Thank one you for in that. the book. All right. Ken Willis, Goblin Kelly, this has been Daytona Motor Mouse, and uh, we're out there. You can find us, right? DaytonaMotorMouse.com. Yep. All right. Till next time. Thank you. Title. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motor Mouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotorMouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motor Mouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.